You're listening to the Terrier Tracker Podcast with Todd Shaughnessy. Join us as we take a look at the Wofford College sports scene. Hey everybody, welcome to the Terrier Tracker Podcast. This is Todd Shaughnessy, the Terrier Tracker for Wofford. Uh, Worked for the Spartanburg Herald Journal, been covering these guys a long time and Tom Henson's been uh, covering their games, too, announcing for them a, a long time, and I always appreciate him joining me on the show. Yeah, always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. Well, it was a great, uh, another great win by Wofford uh, last week, 41-7 to against Mercer. It, they dominated a little bit more than the score would show, I think. Yeah, I thought the score really wasn't indicative of the level of, of domination on all three sides, all three facets of the game. I thought Wofford was, was superior. Um, the offense had some struggles early and wasn't necessarily moving the ball. It was just getting in the end zone. And I thought Luke Carter was huge with some early field goals. That just if you if you don't get points out of those first couple of drives, uh, you know maybe Mercer starts to feel a little better about themselves. Um, but then things really got ramped up with the offense, and and they were doing what they wanted to do, particularly in the second half. And um, defensively, with the exception of one Mercer drive, you know Wofford completely dominated the Bears and. Really didn't give them much of a chance. I think Mercer ended up with 140 something yards of total offense. That's just unheard of. And I think 70 some was on that one, one drive. drive. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, an overall great effort, and and showed again to me what this team, um, how their mindset is, and it was their focus was was simply on Mercer, and and that showed in the game on Saturday. You know, the field goals I thought were big. Uh, Wofford was able to drive down the first two possessions, drive right down, had to settle for the field goals. So they were they were mid-range field goals. They were not chip shots. And Luke made those. I thought it made a difference. Mercer got the touchdown late in the first half that had probably had them feeling a little bit better about things, that they finally figured something out. And then Wofford came out in the second half and just really just wiped them up. Yeah, that drive to start the second half, you know, Mercer's cut the lead to 20-7. to seven. You're thinking, okay, this is an important drive. And I think you wrote about it. <laughs> Wofford did everything they possibly could to shoot themselves in the foot, and then they would rebound and recover. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had several penalties, and a penalty to start that drive before the even offense took the field. Um, but they just kept making big play after big play. And I, I think that drive and, and then one other one in the second half, really the depth at running back to me stood out. And just the guys Wofford kept shuttling in and out. It really was impressive to see. The offensive line was shuttling guys in and out. Um, just a complete effort um, in that second half to take what, you know, you know, Mercer's playing on their homecoming. They're playing on senior day. And, and Wofford really just never let the crowd get into it. And after that first score of the second half, they, they kind of it, it was it was basically over. You know that one drive was really interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, really weird. Um, T.J. Uh, Luther takes the uh, kickoff to the forty yard line. They think they're in good shape. Well, they got to back up because of a penalty. Uh, they backed up two more times. They ended up yeah. at the nine yard line, and uh, everything's going wrong. And I can just imagine uh, how Joe Newman was controlling that huddle. Yeah, and he was keeping everybody calm, and, and that's just what we've grown to expect from Joe. Absolutely. And, I, I, you know, my guess would be he was saying, don't worry about it. We, we're going to move the football. We're going to move the football because they've been moving it all day. And I think that's why those field goals were so big in the first half because the offense knew they could move the ball. And so the fact that they got points out of them, it was probably like, okay, now we're getting touchdowns because they're, they're not going to be able to stop us. And I think that's a great feeling for that offense to, to be able to know that and then to be able to produce that. Also impressive that they were able to get through that game and get through it so well. 
uh, when Coach Conklin said he wasn't sure where their heads were really early. He wasn't sure they were totally focused, and part of that probably was because of this week's game coming up against Furman. Yeah, I, I think there, you know you start to have some things creep in. I, I, the, the, I went to a practice last week before the Mercer game, and, he, and, and Coach Conklin had to start a, an entire you know practice period over because he was so unhappy with how they were performing and. You know, then they had some illness and some sickness start working its way through the team Friday and into Saturday. Um, but they came out and executed. And, and so, you know, when, when you get midway through the fourth quarter and you know that the game's out of hand, um, I, you know, then that attention starts to really shift toward this week. Um, and then the excitement starts to build, and, and, and both teams know what's at stake. And I think you yeah. know, that, that's what makes this week so special. Well, we should probably go through the scenario. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a huge game uh, in, in a lot of ways. Furman, of course, if they beat Wofford, they will be the outright champion and get the automatic. Yep. Wofford, uh, if they beat Furman and then win next week, would have the outright uh, championship and the automatic. But Citadel's still alive, too. Yeah. Uh, they beat Chattanooga this week uh, and then beat Wofford next week. I guess it would be a three-way tie, and they would get the automatic because they would have beaten both Furman and Wofford. Yeah, Citadel, need, Citadel needs Wofford to beat Furman. Yeah. That, that's a, it's an interesting situation. Citadel's got to take care of their own business this week. But then they've got to root for Wofford on Saturday and yeah. then hope to beat Wofford next Saturday. So it really is interesting. You know, the, 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 the key point for me in all that is, is Furman. If Furman wins Saturday, it's over. They win the championship. They get the outright uh, title all to themselves. They uh, they go to the, the FCS playoffs as the Southern Conference champion. And then Wofford and, and Citadel are left trying to figure out, can one of them steal an at-large bid, sneak in uh, into the playoffs? Um, so this game is, is unbelievably important for Furman, and I think they've been pointing at this all season. They're, they're, their season this year reminds me a lot of Wofford in 2003 where the Terriers got snubbed in 2002. Um, after they had road wins over App State and, and Georgia Southern and still didn't get in. A loss to VMI hurt them. Um, Furman was one of the tri-champions last year. It, it was Wofford, Furman, and ETSU, and Furman didn't get in. And I yeah. think they took that and and really used that as some motivation. And they're going to come into this thing 7-3. and three. Um, Two of the three losses, a close loss to Georgia State, a close loss to Virginia Tech. And that Virginia Tech loss, there was a bad call um, that, that really went against Furman that, that I think – Probably, if the correct call is made, Furman has a great chance to win that one. And so, knowing what they have on 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 the line, knowing what Wofford has at stake, I mean, you, you, this 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 is one of the biggest Wofford Furman games we've seen in a while. You know, the playoff game was bigger, but but this one is probably a close second. You know, another thing is maybe three teams get in from the Southern Conference. I don't know. Yeah, you just never know. But if the automatic is is Citadel. And Wofford had beaten Furman. Uh, it's possible that Furman could be a champion and not make the playoffs for two years in a row. Yeah, that would be really devastating uh, for the league if, if that that were to happen again. And I, I'll be quite honest; I have not followed the national scene well enough to know um, where, where some of these things fall out and where they play. Uh, you know, twenty-four teams is a lot of teams, and you know, you start to think about teams being. Seven and four, or eight and four. Is that good enough to get in? Uh, maybe so. If there's only if there's twenty four teams in it, there were sixteen. Probably not. Um, but yeah, that just again that illustrates how important this game is uh, is is for Furman and it is for Wofford. Um, and and what a great opportunity for just a casual football fan in in the upstate of South Carolina to see a a, a what I think is going to be a great game between two quality programs, schools that do it the right way, schools that. 
have the focus on academics um, that aren't spending the you know hundreds of million dollars on their football program um, and but are going to play high quality football. I'm having a hard time imagining what this. I think the score will be close. But I'm having a hard time knowing whether it's going to be a high-scoring game, a low-scoring game, both great offenses, good defenses, uh, maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. This, this To me, it, it looks like a you know, 27-24 kind of thing. I mean, I've, I've said that now. It'll be 3 to nothing or something. Um, but I, I, I think both offenses are, are, are really good. I think Furman's got some, got some quality players. They've got some quality running backs. Um, Wynn is, is especially dangerous. And... And they've got two quarterbacks in Granger and Sisson that uh, have really played well. Uh, Granger was really good at the beginning of the year. And when I first saw him, I, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, here's Armani Edwards all over again. Yeah. He's just going to be wearing purple. Uh, but he struggled a little bit in October. And uh, Hamp Sisson, Sisson is a guy out of, out of Birmingham that played in a great high school program. He is unbelievably smart. Um, and he really knows how to run their offense. And I think between those two, you've got a really – Dynamic set of quarterbacks. Their offensive line is is is, is playing pretty well. Um, you don't win six games in this league without having some stuff. Their coaching staff is is outstanding. Uh, Clay Hendricks knows what knows what he's doing, um, and so it's going to be a real big challenge for Wofford. But I think Wofford's going to present some challenges for uh, for Furman as well. And and the other thing that I think could be really interesting. This I think it's the two best kickers in the league. I was going to say that too. Uh, it could come down to come down yeah. to kicking, and and between Grayson Atkins and Luke Carter, those are two really good ones. And, um, and field goals, field position, uh, punting game, all of that's going to be really critical in this. There aren't a lot of games where we get really excited about watching the kickers. The kickers, yeah, yeah. No offense to kickers, yeah. I mean, but this is one. Yeah, I, I think because it's so big, uh, because it's because we do expect such a close game, and because. Um, I think because both of those guys are such good players, good kickers. I mean, that, for me, they're one and two in the league uh, as far as uh, the all-conference. Just a matter of who, who's first team and who's second. You know, the guy down at Citadel is pretty good, too. Um, but I, I, I think it's interesting that that's what could decide this thing. You know, yeah. It could be you know, executing a, a snap and a hold and then a placement uh, kick for a, for a field goal or something along those lines uh, on Saturday. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all if this if, if we're not if it's not a last second field goal that, that determines this. Yeah, and Grayson Adkins is a local guy yeah, from Bowling absolutely. Springs coming back uh, back to his town. He played um, in Gibbs Stadium, I'm sure. Played there for sure. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. The two really really good kickers that handle uh, punts and kicks yeah. and everything. Yeah, you don't see that very often in, the, in uh, outside the high school game where, where one guy's doing it all, but both of those guys do it all and they and they both do it well. I think it's really important for the stadium to be full. It would really be great to see. I don't know if it's going to happen. I know Coach Conklin's been a little disappointed, was not happy in the crowd for the playoff game last year against Elon. I'm sure Furman will bring a lot of people, and there will oh, be yeah. a good crowd uh, from Wofford too. But this is one of those games that feels like, boy, it, it should be a sellout if people really wanted to see some good football. This is one of those games I call a check-your-diploma game. <laughs> and, if, and if your diploma says Wofford on it, then you shouldn't be worrying about Clemson and South Carolina on Saturday. <laughs> um, you need to be in Spartanburg and be watching the Terriers and supporting them. And if your diploma says Furman, you ought to be on that visitor side supporting them. Um, again, you know, both these teams deserve to play in front of a packed house because they're going to put out a good product and they're going to play a good game. 
Um, but, you know, if, if for one week only, you know, if, if that diploma or that class ring says Warford or Furman, don't worry about what the Tigers and Gamecocks are doing. It won't matter. I promise they're still going to be there next week. Yeah. Um, come out and see this and support these two teams, but especially the Wofford fans. You know, come out, and, and this team is so much fun to watch. They, this yeah. is, you know, like I said, I've been doing this 20-something years now, and this offense is as dynamic and as special to, and as fun to watch as any of I've seen for Wofford. Um, throw in all the implications with what it means for both teams, and, and this could be something really special. Yeah, this is a game that belongs at the end of the schedule, too. It does, yeah. The schedule makers, you know, whether it was by hook or crook or whatever, they, they lucked out, and you've got a huge game. I mean, you've got uh, you know, basically a conference championship game. Yeah. Uh, for Furman, it is, and for Wofford, it's, it's kind of a – Conference championship game one A, and if you win that one, then you get the one B next week. And yeah. Um, um, so yeah, so uh, a great mid-November game. Weather as of right now looks great. You know, some cool football type weather. Yeah. So yeah, no no reason not to be in the stands. Well, it should be a lot of fun for us to watch, and I hope a lot of people come out and watch it as well. Yeah, I do too. I mean, again, we want to see good quality football between two programs that do it the right way. Saturday in Spartanburg is the place to be. That's for sure. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Todd Shaughnessy is the Terrier Tracker with over 20 years covering Wofford sports. The Terrier Tracker Podcast, presented by the Spartanburg Herald-Journal and GoUpState.com.